Greetings, my friends, and welcome to Hardwater Radio. This is Jason Archer. We're recording under the umbrella of Hardwater One here in the Valley of the Sun. And today we continue the mission to arm humans with the tools to crush mediocrity, create mastery, and live in total wellness with my next guest, Destiny DeHaven. Destiny is a speaker and a coach, and we're going to jump into her world and find out what it really means to be a bullshit detector. So welcome in, girl. How are you doing? (laughs) Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you being on. I'm uh, super excited to talk to you. I know um, you mentioned that you uh, uh, have some history on the uh, Hawaiian Islands. I do. Born and raised on Oahu. Born and raised. Wow. Born and raised. What was it like coming up uh, out out on the islands? You know, that's funny. I get that question a lot and I don't really know how to answer it because I don't know anything different. I mean, like, it was amazing. Whenever we wanted to, the beach was right there. Um, I I honestly feel like it was in 2012 when I realized how much I took the beach for granted because I didn't have it anymore. Um, but like my family's there, you know, like friends, family, beach, all of that good stuff is there. And I just I don't know if it if it's if there's a difference in how other people grow up. I just knew it was amazing, and um, I love going back every so often to just pretend like I'm a dolphin and go swimming and say hi to everybody. (laughs) For sure. So do you still have family out there? Yeah, I do. Um, A good chunk of them are out there. I think it's just me and two of my cousins uh, living on the mainland now. And there were quite a number of us. My mom came from a family of nine. And I want to say last count, there were 20, 20 some odd cousins. And now nine, 10 cousins, kids kind of thing. So Pretty large and in charge out there. <laughs> That's fantastic. Were you guys yeah. all close coming up in the yep. community? Yeah. Yep. Um, I think I grew up more with like my cousins than I did with my brothers just because we were closer in age. And uh, I was always the kid that wanted to run away from home and go hang out with, you know, aunties and cousins and uncles and stuff. So uh, any chance I could, I already had a bag pre-packed before I would ask for permission to go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So. Now, have you been to all of the Hawaiian islands? Uh, no, not all of them. Uh, Big Island, Maui, Kauai, and Oahu. I haven't been to the other ones. I've been to uh, both Maui and Kauai. Does uh, Oahu differ very much from those two islands? Yeah, so Oahu is definitely much busier, and it is the 24-7 island. Uh, one of the things that shocked me when I went to Maui is that cl- things close at 10 p.m., and I was like, what? Like not even a 7-Eleven to jump into to buy some stuff, just complete shutdown. And I was like, oh, very different from Oahu. So when people ask me, oh, what should I do? I'm like, well, what do you want? Because each island has its own feel. Each island has its own uh, thing that it's kind of known for. And so it's like, well, what do you want first? Then I'll tell you which island to go to. Right. So what's Oahu known for? (laughs) being busy it's it is like the the seriously there are the most people on that island it has the capital of the state which is honolulu mm-hmm. um there's a lot of military bases on oahu as well so there's just this whole cacophony of people and it's the gathering place so literally everybody just that's where they go so mm. um we get a it also has the international airport so you get a lot of people from uh, you know, like Japan and all that coming in there too. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Busy, busy place. Lovely and busy. <laughs> I can imagine. How much of your life did you spend growing up on Oahu? Oh, uh, 
you're asking me to do math, Jason. Hang on, hang on. I can do this. Uh, 33 years. Oh. So, yeah. Round numbers are perfectly acceptable, by the way. <laughs> no quiz. No long no division quiz. here, man. <laughs> I was going to say, if you need me to math, I got to I gotta call my mathing people. And just be like, <laughs> what, what, what's the answer? <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, I mean, 33 years. Wow, you mm-hmm. don't, I mean, I don't think you're much older than 33. So uh, what brought you to the mainland? Uh, so in, I met my husband in Hawaii and, uh, we got married in 2010 and in 2000, I'm going to say like 11 ish. Um, he said that, you know, one of his goals from when he was 17 was to go to WyoTech, which is a trade school up in Wyoming, uh, to teach them how to do mechanic stuff. And I was like, all right, dude, sure. Right. Like, okay. And, um, He's like, oh, you don't believe me. And I'm like, well, you say you want a lot of stuff, right? Except nothing comes to fruition. Should have watched my words on that one because all of a sudden <laughs> it's coming to fruition and he's meeting um, people that work at WyoTech. He's getting questions answered from um, uh, his GI Bill. He served in the army for a number of years. And all of a sudden uh, he's having me meet with these people for a possible move to either Wyoming for three years or to uh, California, Pennsylvania, and I think it was Florida for a year each. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, what is happening right now? And it just came so quick. And he's like, well, you know, the other option is I could move to Wyoming for three years and we could just see each other on breaks in your vacation. And at the time I was working in corporate and I think I had just made enough years where I was getting like three weeks vacation. And I was like, hold up, we just got married. And now we're only going to see each other for three weeks out of 52. Like this isn't, this isn't computing with my mind. But then the gentleman that came to like show us all about Wyoming starts showing me pictures of like elk and moose and all this. I'm like, I don't, I don't, what, why are you showing this to me? And then he makes the comment, Wyoming as in the entire state has 400,000 residents. And I was like, that is not going to win me over. (laughs) There were 400,000 people that showed up at Toys R Us for Black Friday. So you got to give me something (laughs) else, man. Like, give me some other reason to, like, take my life to Wyoming. Um, And my husband looked at me and he said, because I want to. And he had never spoke out loud a a want of his uh, up until that point in our relationship. And I was just like, well, this this is my opportunity. I either support or we see each other three weeks out of the year, which just, that didn't, that didn't work for me. Um, and we moved to Wyoming. We moved to Laramie, Wyoming. My husband was incredibly brilliant because we did a personal development class in California first. And then, um, we did a, a road trip. We we came to Arizona. We went to Vegas, up to Oregon. We came back through Idaho and he landed me in Laramie, Wyoming in June, which was gorgeous and I was like I could live here and then like July hit and it snowed and I was like what the hell (laughs) so we we were then in our all right we're gonna do three years in Laramie so I joke around and I tell people that I've done a three-year stint in Laramie Wyoming Um, but it was fantastic and it was amazing and the people there are they reminded me of home a lot and uh, it was really nice to see that you could find that like anywhere yeah just had to look so yeah, that yeah. community feel, that small town mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. cool. And I never thought I wanted to live in a small town. I was like, oh my God, this is a small town. And 
all I knew were the stories, right? Like everybody's going to know your business, everybody. And I was like, oh, that's just, it's too small. But it wasn't like that at all. And I, I was like, see, that's all the judgments I had going on in my head. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's, easy, it's easy to bring those with us, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah, you said something huge a moment ago that uh, maybe some people picked up on, maybe some people didn't, but uh, you got really sort of serious when you said the part about, my husband said, I want this, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I find a lot of times when, you know, going through life and dealing with people who want to create certain outcomes that they're afraid to just verbalize what they actually want. Absolutely. And so I'm curious mm-hmm. as to, you know, your mindset when that came across, was that something that you recognized about him in the moment that he was committed and, and you, you decided to hit your wagon at that point and say, let's go? Yep, pretty much. Um, we had been through a personal development arena and, you know, we had done a, an exercise called intention mechanism. And uh, basically, like he was stating his intention and the way that he said it was with so much conviction and certainty that it made me look up and it made me look at him. And it's not that my husband's a quiet guy. It's just he doesn't say a whole heck of a lot. But when he does, it's usually very poignant and very meaningful. And so when he said it and the way in which he said it, I was like, what? And it really made me pay attention and look at him. And he was just like serious. And he's looking at me and he's like, no, this is what I want to do. And I knew in that moment he was going to do it with me or without me. So then the decision became mine. What, what, what does that mean? Like if he did it without me, that would mean we would see each other three weeks out of the year. Plus whenever his school uh, was on break or he could do it with me and we could see each other every single day and you know, we can give it a go. And of course there was so much fear. I was like, leaving home is not the easiest thing. And he was in the army uh, prior to us meeting. And so he left home a lot, right? Like it's kind of what they do in the army. They PCS you to your next location and that's your home. Then they move you again and you got to make that your home. So he was used to it. And I was like, oh no, I was 33 years in the same place. So um, it was very like, kind of, it was a shaky moment for me where I was like, oh, now this, now it's mine. Now it's my decision. Now what? Uh, and, and I didn't take that lightly. However, um, I'm glad we did it. And I'm glad I, initially I was like, I'll give you a year, right? I'll test it out for a year. And then I was like, okay, if I'm going to commit, that's kind of a half-ass commit commitment. Okay. I'll give you three years, but you better believe when it came to like year two and a half, I was like, dude, where are we, where are we moving next? I gave you my three. <laughs> so what, where are we going after this? And he's like, oh, you're serious. I'm like, yeah, I gave you three years. Right. Now what? So time to re-up. It was a re-up. Yep. <laughs> now what? That's so, it. Yeah. But it was, it was very much like I knew that that was his intention and he was so clear about it that I wasn't going to be able to sway him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is a want, this is like a need. This is like, he's going to do it. Sure. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. That, and it was so amazing for me to see him do that too. I was like, wow, cool. Like, all right. Yeah. There's so much power in that. So much, let's, so much. Let's dive down that rabbit hole a little bit. You said you guys went to um, a seminar and you learned the intention mechanism. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. I think a lot of people confuse the two or get hung up on, on the two quite a bit yeah. and, um, or get hung up on the mechanism piece specifically. Oh boy. But maybe you could break it out for us uh, since um, I know you're doing a lot of coaching with people. Can you talk about how 
uh, in the mind, someone could separate what it means to really create an intention and versus what it really means to like worry about or not worry about the mechanism to get you there. Right. So like the the intention is the thing that you want and not just, oh, you know, I want a piece of candy or, oh, I want to go somewhere. No, it's like this, a heart felt want within you. Like, you know, that if you don't get it, then there's no reason for you to be here. Like, this is your thing, your reason to do this. A lot of people utilize um, intention for goals. Uh, so like, you know, you have a goal and you're like, okay, so your intention is to make, I don't know, $10,000 in the next 90 days or whatever that is. You, your intention is clear that this is the thing that you want for whatever reason you want it. The mechanism is how you're going to get that. The thing is, is, the mechanism doesn't matter. You just need to have one. Um, Brene Brown actually does this whole thing about um, hope and hope is having a goal. Uh, having a pathway to your goal and having an agency and the pathway you can look at as the mechanism. Right. And, and she's very clear. Like if you, you just need to have one, it doesn't matter which one. And it doesn't even matter if you change the pathway or the mechanism on the way to the goal, just have something in mind to go. And then the agency is this want and this need in yourself to get it. And so um, the intention is that thing that you want, Right. And then the mechanism is just the how you're going to do it and get it. And again, mechanism doesn't matter. Like I, I actually applaud my clients who change their mechanisms halfway through because they're like, it wasn't working. I'm like, great. Next. There's many of them. Pick one. And a lot of times like just getting my goals, I'm like, I can use 10 to 12 mechanisms to get it. I'm like, okay. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know where we got stuck on like, you got to pick one way and only one way. I'm like, who told us that? Sure. That's craziness. So yeah, it's crazy talk, man. It is. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I can remember, you know, or I still do this regularly. I'll, you know, I'll put myself out there. Like when I'm going into something new and fresh, like the first question I ask myself is, all right, well, how am I going to make this a reality? And a lot of times I find that the how can be, you know, a hang up a lot of times. It's like, okay, well, I don't know how I'm going to get, you know, to a hundred podcast episodes, for example right? Well, this will be 41, right? So I still have 59 more to go or whatever to hit the hundred, um, you know, to feel like I'm making a legit impact on in and around and talking to people in and around the subject matter of wellness. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, what do you say to somebody like me who's like paralyzed by the fear because we don't really understand that, you know what, there's a multitude of different ways. Um, even though you don't know, maybe someone, you know, knows like, how do you, how do you get someone out of that spiral of, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. So that's where the bullshit detecting comes out where I'm like, yeah, what's really going on with that? Because like, if we look at this, all you did was you put out a support request, right? You're like, Hey, this is what I want to do. And you got people like, that's how you and I connected. I'm like, I'm interested. And so it, it's so interesting to me how people think that the um, mechanisms have to come from themselves and that it's only the mechanisms that they know. And I was just like, we don't learn that way. I mean, like, if you go back to school in elementary school, a teacher teaches us something. So there's a somebody outside of us that teaches us something. I'm like, why do all of the answers have to come from us then? They don't. We have friends, we have family, we have, you know, just resources that are infinite that all we need to do is reach out and go, oh, well, I don't know how to do this. How would you do it? I mean, like you've got Gary V out there who's just like giving stuff away. He's like, here, do this, here, do that. And it's like, 
okay, just pay attention. And I think a lot of it too is just being in alignment with what you want, right? That intention that you have, but being open to receive from wherever that might be. It could be a song on a radio. It could be a book. It could be a Facebook live. It could be a podcast, right? There's so many different ways that messages can come into us. And it's just a matter of listening. So when I have my, I, I completely understand and feel you when you say like, you know, you get stuck in the not knowing how I'm like, yeah, I'm guilty of it too, which is usually where I'm like, yo, an accountability partner is super helpful on that one. Um, but also like my clients come with me with that. And I just ask them to write a list, just a list of who would know that if you don't know that who would. And if the answer to that is, I don't know, well, where could you go to find out? Where could you go to find the person that could know that? And then they're like, oh, I could do this and this and this. I'm like, ha, 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 there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's all it is. Well, just, Sometimes we just got to get out of ourselves. Yeah. Out well, of our heads. <laughs> for sure. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously easier said than done or everyone would, you know, be beautiful and have everything they want. Right. So, True. but at the end of the day, you know, that's not the reality. So I'll just keep putting myself in front of you. So let's say, you know, I, I asked for support, right. We're using a very simple example and, you know, some people piped up and said, Hey, you know, um, you know, I'm happy to jump in and join you sort of a thing. Right. Um, and then there comes this, this, uh, you know, sort of lag in there where you have to figure out how you're going to make it work. You know, how am I going to, um, get these people on, or how am I going to hit this particular target or goal or whatever the thing may be. Right. And then it comes down to like skill sets and like learning, you know, learning how to learn, right. And then being disciplined about your learning, right. And then learning to move anyway in the face of, of, you know, adversity, for example, like if, you know, I mean, if I quit after, you know, someone told me no, every time I invited them onto a podcast, I wouldn't have one, right. Cause I get more no's than yeses. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what do you say to the person who's experiencing, you know, sort of that difficulty and you know, they need to move anyway, they know they need to move anyway, but something inside them is just kind of, you know, tugging at them, keeping them small. Is there a way to break them out of that? Or is that something that oh, they totally. have to do on their own? No. So what is the thing that's keeping them small? Mm. Identifying that. Um, what is that? There's a belief um, either about themselves, about the world or about other people that's anchoring them. And and I, I look at it as like a, um, a fish that you catch on a hook, right? Like, you know, sometimes like it catches like a little deeper in the mouth, right? This is a hook that's keeping you stuck keeping you pulled back. Um, a lot of times it's pulled back and in, in to our childhood, right? And if you can identify what that belief is, where you learned it, then you can also identify how to unlearn it, right? So like one of my big overall beliefs was that I wasn't good enough. So I created the evidence in my life to prove that. And I remember the day where I drew the line in the sand and I was like, no more, because I realized that came back, that came from like being three years old. And up until that point, I didn't really have a whole lot of memories of that time. Uh, but this one came out loud and clear. And my grandmother was holding me and she's like, your power is too strong and you're going to kill people. And I decided in that moment, well, I don't want to kill people. I mean, I was three, right? Like, I just knew that that was bad. And so I'm like, I don't want to kill people. So I shrank myself because, because my power was too big. It was too much. I then decided that I was going to be really small and play really small. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that was a three-year-old's decision because the three-year-old didn't know any better. I'm a grown ass woman. Now I can make a different decision. 
And so I actually like went back, did some healing work on that, that three-year-old, right? Like envisioned the, the moment. And I was like, well, sweet, sweetie, can you make a different choice? Could now that you know, I'm here and I'm going to protect you. And, and I'm like 30 years later, whatever it was, can you make a different choice? And she was like, yeah. And so that was the moment where we're like, nope, we're not gonna, we're not gonna believe this anymore. And it was so interesting because it almost felt like cards were being shuffled in my head where all of a sudden I could see all of the evidence that I had created where I was good enough, where I excelled, where I was actually like, I had it, I had it in my life. I just chose not to recognize it. Right. And so for you, it's identifying what is that belief and where did you learn it from? Like, what was the scenario that you learned it from? Because once you can identify that, you can like really look at look at it and say, like, is that really what you wanted? Or was that a decision made by a kid because the kid didn't know better? And the healing work also involves forgiving yourself for making that decision. You didn't know any better. You were a kid. Like, I see people beat themselves up for it. I'm like, stop it. Like, put the hammer away. Knock it off. But that's a part of what comes with my coaching is we really explore what that thing is. We give it a name. We, we shine a big old spotlight on it. We're like, we see you. I, I see you right there. And now what? A lot of people are like, oh, just get rid of it. No, it's not about that. It's about loving it, saying thank you because it got you where you are, but then saying, I'm safe now. I'm good. I want to try something else. And I find that just relaxes. And it's a gentle process. So it's not like, I don't know if you've ever had anything where like somebody like smacked you on the back of the head with like a two by four and you're like, oh, <laughs> ouch. This is like just really releasing a lot of stuff that's holding you back. Very cool. Very cool. So when you went back and looked at that particular sort of programming or value that you mm -hmm. picked up from your grandmother, did you, did you stop and think about what she actually meant by that comment? Totally. And what did um, you come up with? So my grandmother was incredibly, incredibly spiritual and gifted in the spiritual world, but that was scary to other people. So they would make fun of her. Um, even my, my aunts and uncles, like we would make fun of her because she was, she was the crazy woman. Have you ever seen Moana? I have. Yeah. Okay. So the grandmother, she's like, I'm the village crazy lady. Like that was my grandma. <laughs> That's what she, and, and like love her. Right. And like, that's what she grew up in where everybody else was looking at her like, oh my God, you're nuts. You're crazy. And she did not want that for her kids, let alone her grandkids. Like that was scary for her, right? Because she, like the stuff that was happening to her, I mean, okay, that was what, early 1900s and very different from growing up now. However, um, you know, she just, she just didn't want that for me. She didn't want that for any of us. And so, um, and, and to her, it was true to her. It was, it was truth. Like the power that I have could, if I chose to direct it in that way, really hurt someone, right? It could really bring someone to tears and really just like shatter them. And I choose to use it in a different manner, but don't get me wrong. There are some moments where I'm like, you know what? Ah, and then I have to be like, okay, hang on, whoop, draw that back. Cause I'm like, that's not what it is. But there are some times where I'm like, Hey, knock it off. And I'm like, okay, pause, right? There's a more compassionate way to go about this. But she just didn't want what happened to her to happen to any of us. So it was, it was like a protective mechanism for her. Yeah, it sounds almost like she wanted to protect you. You know, yeah. she was she was giving you her way of seeing this thing, right? And yeah. But you were so young, you didn't really have the perspective to make your own decision about what it meant. Well, nor did she mean like mean for me to 
be small and play small and like contract myself. She didn't know that that's what that was going to do. Right. And so it's like, all right, so let's change that. Let's shift it. Let's, let's paint a different picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. That's a great example. You know, one of my favorite sort of concepts from the development world is this idea that all significance is assigned by people, Mm -hmm. you know, and your grandmother gave you something that was significant to her in some way. And then you took that significance and made it mean something else. Or you took uh-huh. that thing and made it mean something else. Yep. I said, okay, it. thank you. And, ooh, I'm going to, like, put on pretty bows and I'm whatever I decided to do, right? Like, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is beautiful because it kind of touches on this idea. A lot of times people feel like that their past is their, is their future. Their past right. is fixed, right? right. But it, you, the way that you framed this was interesting because you sort of said, you know, I kind of went back and I met that three-year-old me and I had a, a little, we came to a, you know, we came to an understanding that three-year-old and right. myself. And then you basically created a new past. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting the way that that, yep. that that happens. And now that you've created that new past, how does it impact your present, which of course ultimately impacts your future? Right. So basically like taking that hook out of the fish's mouth, right? Like that's like, I took out that hook that was linking me back to that three-year-old decision that I made. And once you either can cut the string or take the hook out of the mouth, like it changes everything. And so drawing that, that line in the sand saying, no, I am good enough. I started actually like speaking in public. That was something I would never, ever do. I remember working in corporate and I refused to talk to two people. I was like, nope. I need to do one on one at a time. I'm not talking to two people one at a time. And my boss was like, you're nuts. Like, what is your problem? But it was because of that not good enough that I had that I'm like, I'm not good enough to talk to two people. Well, as soon as I drew that line in the sand, I'm like, well, what if I did, right? Like, what if I talked to two? Well, if I talked to four, then 10, then 20, pretty soon I was running networking groups. Um, I've spoken uh, in front of 200 plus people and didn't even bat an eyelash because there was just something in me that was like, you got this, like you can totally do it. And I've been um, more open, I think, to opportunities. And which like on the flip side of that coin, I also get to be discerning about which opportunities to take. However, I'm open to them now. So they're actually coming to me. And then I can pick and choose the ones that I'm like, oh yeah, this one, this is a good one. Um, Much like this podcast. I'm like, heck yeah, this is amazing. This is amazing opportunity. However, the not good enough me would never have responded to your your post interesting she would have been she would have been like oh give me a break nobody's gonna want to hear you nobody's gonna want to hear what you have to say who do you think you are right all of this stuff would have came up and like would have just stopped me cold but the new like yeah you're good enough give it a shot me was like heck yeah let's talk right and let's see what this could lead to um but that's the that's what i've noticed a lot more of is i I'm just like, no, I, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is what it's going to look like. And I think it's also helped me set boundaries um, and hold them and just be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Like I said, no, I mean, no, instead of it being like wiggly and uh, what do they call it? Uh, leaky boundary syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, Mm-mm, nope. I said, no, it's no. Or I said, yes, it's yes. Whatever it is that I decide to put out there. I'm like, that's what it's going to look like and be and. Uh, it just, it just increased my confidence to be able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. It's funny that you went to the no thing. Um, this is something that I'm still playing with and still learning. I always feel the need to justify my nose, you know, mm. and I have to remember that no is a complete sentence, right? Yes. Tell myself yes. no is a complete sentence, you know, no period. Sentence. 
yep. right? And um, yep. it's amazing that just something as simple as saying no, you know, if, you know, like sometimes when I'm feeling that, that in, well, I'm, when I'm in that mode where I feel like I have to justify it, I'm actually shrinking myself. I'm actually leaking power. I'm giving my power to the other person because what I'm really saying is I'm saying, I want you to like me, even though I said no. Whereas I should be saying, if you don't like the fact that I said no, fuck you, somebody else will come right along, you know, (laughs) but it's amazing that, you know, so many of us struggle with these simple little things, but that reminded me so much of that very powerful thing of saying no, when you went into that. You want to hear what the uh, biggest bullshit story is? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. Belonging. Belonging. Yeah. Biggest fucking lie ever, (laughs) ever, because we are taught as kids that we need to belong, right? Sure. So in order to belong, we've got to people please, and we've got to make mom happy, make dad happy, make grandma, make grandpa, uncle, auntie, blah, 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 make everybody else happy. But then what if you're like, I don't want to, well, then that would make you wrong. Mm. Then if you're wrong, you can keep beating yourself up for being wrong. And I'm like, screw you belonging like screw you that's ridiculous it's the biggest bullshit story out there yeah people do it all the time well there's a lot of evil done in the name of belonging as well i think probably one of the most um dangerous words in the english language is we and Mm. you see this a lot in politics now everybody's got an identity and they're part of a collective and they lose their identity they lose their ability to think because they're a we now well we want to do this well are you sure everyone in your group agrees with you (laughs) i'm not really sure that that's what's happening here you know but um i and two the the other thing about this is it's um it's sort of a double whammy because it's it's um it's ingrained in our dna to like Mm -hmm. be tribal right Mm -hmm. because you know, our ancestors would have been, if they were ostracized, if, if they were, that meant death, you know, death. Yep. And we bring that into the present where it's no longer true and operate from that. And it creates weakness. Yeah. It's like that whole uh, caveman thinking, right? Like the men go out to hunt, the women stay home to raise the kids and gather and all that. I'm like, uh, except we're not being chased by T-Rex or Stegosaurus or any of that or, or like lions anymore. So stop it. Exactly. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> it's context, right? Like, um, sure. and, and it's, it's interesting because some of that content that we put in there, we're given like, uh, I don't, I really don't believe that we're born a completely blank slate. I think that some of that stuff comes with us. I think it's been shown in several ex- experiments. In fact, there was one where I think, uh, mice are shocked at a certain point in a maze mm-hmm. and then they breed those same mice and their offspring will go through the same maze and they won't have the shock turned on, but the, the, those offspring will actually avoid that point in the maze thinking yeah. that they're going to be shocked. It's yeah. pretty amazing. They're actually showing uh, more and more now just in DNA that trauma that happens to um, the female lineage gets passed on. Mm. So there was a, a study where the grandmother had something really traumatic happen and it, it shifted and changed the mom's DNA as well as the the granddaughters. And, and I'm, I'm going to also say like it, if the mom had a grandson, it would have adjusted his DNA as well. However, it was uh, women that they had tested it on to, to see what would happen. And it, there is a dramatic shift in the DNA based on the trauma that the, that had occurred to the mom. And I'm like, can you only imagine if that's happening to dads too? And mm-hmm. then their part of the DNA and the mom's part of the DNA create just a completely different strand. That's like now these traumas are now locked in and how many generations back right how many generations back does that go right so it's really interesting and then uh 
the deeper I was diving into like the Akashic records and past lives and stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, this, it's all the, the, that puzzle piece is there, there it is again to, to place it in, to see like, where did this really come from? Because uh, I firmly believe that like a lot of the stuff that I, that go on with me come from past lives or gen, gen, it's passed down to me generationally. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the techniques that I utilize in my coaching showed me that um, the fear that I have was from when Captain Cook landed on Hawaii. I mean, like, I can only imagine, right? Like this big old ship and these weird looking people, there's a lot of fear that goes on. I'm like, where did I get that from? Passed down. And when I looked at it uh, in our family tree, uh, my aunt tracked somebody back that was on the beach that day. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like my mom's side of the family is very like fear based. Uh, they make a lot of decisions based on fear. And so of course, I'm like, I'm gonna learn to do the same. And like unraveling from that has been, you know, kind of a journey that I've been on, but it's just been fascinating because I'm like, now there's science supporting that DNA and all of this stuff is happening. I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> Thank you, scientists that are looking into this. That's awesome. <laughs> Yay, science. <laughs> yeah. Yay, science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really interesting that uh, that you framed it that way. So are you saying that, are you one of the one of the types of people who believes that you lived before? Or are you saying mm -hmm. that you believe that you inherited the beliefs of people who lived before you both mm. i know for sure that i have um, inherited the beliefs of people that have lived before me and i also feel like there's just too many things that i know that i don't know how i know it mm. and and like there's something in me that's like because you've done this before yet i haven't done it in this life i'm just like no i have yes you have and i have to like just trust that even though I may not necessarily know if I was like, I don't know, an Egyptian king or something, I don't know that. I just know that I know how to do this thing, right? And like when I'm looking at my friend's kids, and kids are fascinating to to test this out. And um, one of my friends has four-year-old twins, and the girl climbs on everything. She is the one that will like climb up drawers, and like she hangs off of things so effortlessly. And I asked her one day, um, and she was not in the safest spot. However, she was hanging over on this railing and like there was a there was a decent drop and she was just no feet, just hands climbing one over the other, shuffling through. And I looked at her and she stopped to just take a breath. And I was like, you've done this before, haven't you? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, how old were you? And her answer like quick, not even a thought was 25. And I'm like, okay, she's like three now. What does she mean when she's 25? And I, and I was like, can you tell me about that? And she went into this whole thing about like, she was climbing this mountain. She was, and I'm like looking at her and I was like, you are fascinating. Well, then I look at her brother and he's really good with tools. He actually helped my husband put doorknobs into all of their doors in their houses. And he was passing my husband the right tool. And I asked my husband, did you tell him what order to pass? And he's like, no, he was just watching me. So I asked him, I'm like, have you done this before? He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, hang on. They cannot be the only ones, right? Like I've had that feeling before. Like I just knew how to do something. I don't know how I knew it. I just knew. And I'm like, well, that had to come from somewhere. Mm. That had to come from somewhere. And like, who am I to doubt that it was from a past life? Sure. Like, I mean, I guess as an outsider looking in, I could just easily say, well, that that's just the imagination of a child for the female, or that's just, you know, maybe the male child is just, you know, programmed that way. Maybe he just understands the way tools operate, you know, but if he's watching really closely, maybe that's how he learns, you know, something like that. It could be. And I was just like, but what if, 
right? Like what that's if? kind of where my, my brain always goes to the why and like the what if, yeah. right? And I was just like, wait a minute, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I had to sit with it for a little while, like, you know, after they went to bed and stuff. And I was just like, did that really happen? Did, did my brain hear something that wasn't said or, you know, and I was like, well, no, like just what if? And I'm like, huh, okay. And just trust somewhere along the way, I'll probably get confirmation of it or something. I'm just like, I'm not going to, you know, stop anything to force that or make it happen. But I'm just like, well, what if? Yeah. There's definitely something there in terms of inheriting from one generation to the next. And, uh, you know, obviously I think there's a lot of evidence to show or maybe not a lot of evidence, but there's emerging evidence to show that we're all plugged into, you know, this, this, you know, super conscious, if you will, this, this sort of universe of everything. Right. And, and we can impact someone that we've never met before, have impact on someone who's not touching us because all we are really at the end of the day is energy. Mm -hmm. And we know some of these things are possible through physics, but, um, maybe that's, uh, one way of start looking at this whole past mm. lives things is just being energy propagated from generation to generation in a different body or something along that line. Not you just get, gave me another what if. Not to get get too far out there, man. But like, you just gave me another what if. Ooh, like now what if, right? Like, ooh, <laughs> how does, see, another little puzzle piece. I don't know quite where to put it yet, but I'm like, it's there. And I'm like, okay, yeah. there's another puzzle piece. Yep. It's fantastic. I love it. Love it. Yep. All those Joe Dispenza books are coming through me right now. <laughs> there you I'm, go. I'm getting one of your, I'm getting one of your downloads. There you go. There you go. <laughs> very cool so talk to me a little bit about your um sort of awakening and emergence into the whole personal development world i know there's some things you're passionate about and um coaching is certainly one of them i want to get into that but uh how did you first get involved and exposed to this world of quote-unquote personal development if you will great question um right after my husband and i got married his kidneys completely shut down Mm. and he needed to have a surgery every month after we had gotten married for about six months. A surgery every and month? Every month. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I was sick of it. And I was like, I did not agree to this crap. And uh, through the corporate office that I was working at, um, somebody reached out to me and they're like, hey, you know, I know we've only worked together a couple of times, but I feel like this is something that you could benefit from. And uh, it was a workshop to introduce me to a personal development class. And uh, this person was like, you know, you might want to bring your husband. And I was like, oh, my God, how did they know? Like, how did they know we were having trouble? How did they know that I, I, I was, quote, unquote, wanting an out? Um, and I was like, we better check this out. Like, we have to check it out. I read the flyer and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That sounds great. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. And, you know, it was listing all of the stuff that was going to happen in the class. And so uh, my husband and I went and I was clear that I was going. Um, my husband, not so much. And I basically, much like he did with his, I want, I want to go. Um, and this was prior to us leaving Hawaii. Um, I told him like, I want the both of us to go. Like we have to go. And it was one of those like set in stone. We have to do this kind of thing. Um, and we both went, we fought the entire weekend um, because I was getting so much out of it. And he sat in the back of the room with like his hat pulled down over his eyes, arms crossed legs crossed. Um, he would like go to the bathroom and like not come back. And I remember one of the staff people, they were just like, that's your husband. And I was like, yeah, she's, Oh, he hasn't been in the the room at all. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she told me like, Oh, he had disappeared for a while. And, um, I was just like, how could you not get this? Like, how could you not understand this? Um, 
but it had made a shift in me in realizing why I had done some of the things that I'd done. And I had, what I had wanted was for him to understand that too. Uh, lo and behold, it was going to be a couple of months later when they came back uh, to the island and my parents were taking the class that my husband sat in and he's like, I don't remember doing that exercise. Do you remember that exercise? I'm like, yeah, I do. And he was just like, how come, how come they, how, how come they did it here and they didn't do it during ours? I'm like, no, 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 you are checked out during ours. They do this all the time. And it blew his mind how much he had missed. Um, and then we decided to take the next course together again, because he had, he got to that point where he, he saw it, he saw what I saw and he saw the shift. Um, he definitely doesn't necessarily think that he doesn't necessarily think that personal development is, uh, fun or easy. Uh, so it's not something that he's going to like jump to do every single moment. However, you know, he went pretty far within the um, the realm of this arena that we were in. And uh, it's just, I've not looked back. He stopped. He was like, I don't want to do any more me. I just kept going. So it was sort of something that um, was a necessity at one time and then became a curiosity. And then it just kind of became a standard for me mm. where I will do at least one personal development thing every year, at least one. Um, and that, and like, if I'm honest, I do way more than one every year. However, at, at the very least, the minimum is one for me. So, right. yeah. So do you find that um, if you're continuing down this path where you're constantly looking at yourself and taking a look at what's running you and where you want to be, and maybe when your partner doesn't, do you find that that creates a gap in your relationship? And it's it kind can. of a personal question, so. It can, and it has. Like, I, there have been moments where I told him, like, I feel like I'm leaving you behind. Mm. Um, and How'd what I realized, over? oh, he's like, well, I ain't going to do it. So you're going to have to figure this out. Um, there's also like a piece of the, the personal development is also enrolling other people into the classes. And I had asked him so many times, he's like, I'm not the one that normally runs, but I will divorce you if you ask me again. And he was like serious. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to let personal development like, let's think about this, right? Personal development is going to get between us. Like, what? And then I realized a lot of it had to do with my judgment on what it should look like and that his journey had to look like mine. Um, it also had a lot to do with my programming, right? Like, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it means. I, I've seen many people go through the personal development arenas and, you know, like the husband and wives, they do it together and they're so much better off. And I'm like, see, that's what it's supposed to look like. But I wasn't paying attention to the ones that um, had their spouse not attend at all and they're still fine. And so I was like the perception that I had was it needed to look a particular way. And when I released what that needed to look like, I'm like, it, it doesn't mean he doesn't have to sit in a classroom with other people having an experience to get personal development. He can get it anywhere. Right. And he takes classes online. A lot of them talk about mindset. So I'm like, that's his personal development. That's, that's his version. Right. And I'm like, so who am I to say that like my version is better than your version? Mm -hmm. Um, that was, that was just a bullshit story I was telling myself. So now I'm just like, whatever, I'm going to do this. If you want to, like I invite, I'm like, you're, you're welcome to attend. And if you don't want to, that's also cool. So there's a little like 
side piece where I'm like, but if I surround him with other people that have done personal <laughs> development, maybe one of them will talk him into it. Right. Like right. maybe I'm just not that person. Sure. However, um, it's just like, all right, it just looks different. It just looks different for the both of us. Yeah. hundred percent. And it comes down to like respecting his boundaries mm-hmm. to a large degree and, and mm-hmm. releasing your stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yep. Like, why did it have to look that way? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit story there. So for sure, for sure. Have you, um, have you done much analysis on your personality? Have you taken a look at how you show uh, up in that relationship? So I just, so I've done the disc, the Enneagram. Uh, I just had a Berkman test done. Um, but I don't have the piece of that one that shows me how I show up in, in a relationship. Like that mm. is apparently being mailed to me or something like that. But <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of all over the place. I'm the one that like, um, when we, when we get separated out in anything into quadrants for the, for the personalities, I'm always like really close with a couple of them. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I'm like, I, either I'm the oddball or I don't know. I just, I'm usually like a couple really like for the disc, I was like an I and a D, but they were like separated by like one, mm. the Enneagram. I could have been three different ones. And I was like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Personality tests are interesting. They, uh, you know, like it, it basically is just there to identify what your default personality, you know, type would be, mm-hmm. but that's not where you want to operate from. So it's like, you know, for me, I found it sort of difficult to place myself as well. Um, I tend to be between, you know, like some type of controller, some type of analyst, you know, more of the entrepreneurial side of things. But the reality of it is, is I want to operate from the middle where I can touch, you know, no matter who I'm dealing with, I want to be able to touch that person based on what they need from me and not worry about what I, what I would default to. Right. Right. So I think sometimes when you have difficulty finding where you, where you fall just by default, I think that kind of is an indication that you might have more sensitivity to, you know, being able to deal with people in the other realms just, Mm. just naturally. Yeah. Well, I know my default is also into like the controller with analytical tendencies, Mm -hmm. but I was raised in a culture that supported so that's sort of like this, this wave that rides, like, even though, even though I, I prefer to be, you know, like in the controller and like, I, I, this is what I, it needs to look like. This is how we execute. This is how we move forward. It's always very supportive. So I'm like, what's your strength? Okay. So do you feel like you could fit this, this, this spot right here? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. How can I support you in moving forward to get this done? Right. And it, there's always that, that supporter. And I'm just like, you know, I, that it's just that, that wave that's ingrained in me that I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't want to separate it. So mm. here you go. <laughs> yeah. So why bother? There's, there's yeah, really no need bother? to, like, right? It works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so coming up in, in and around your family and friends, you, you were, I guess around you, to use your words, you were kind of in a wave of supportive people sort of a thing. Oh, that's, that's our culture. That's the, that, Okay. That's yeah, like the a Hawaiian thing? culture, yeah, is very much like if someone's in need, you help, mm. right? Whether that's cleaning the house, doing the laundry, cooking food. Oh, food is huge in the Hawaiian culture, right? Like somebody has a celebration, there's a death, there's a there's a, it's always food, mm-hmm. um, and so like when somebody needs something, you you go, and so um, the the support like that's just how I was raised, like not even a thought, right? Like this, then that kind of a thing. And, um, 
it's just so ingrained in me that I was like, okay, well, I guess that's how it works, right? Like that's how the world works. But then also like at the age of four, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes and I needed to take control of my health, right? I needed, I had to take that control so that I could survive. So I'm like, I see where, you know, the four-year-old me plus the supporter, like it turned into what it is now because it's a little bit of everything, right? Like I needed to do this, but this is what I know. And um, it, it's just been kind of fun to play around with that and see how that works and how I lead. And because of that, uh, like I've, I've led as a full-blown controller and I, I hated it and I was hated for it. But when I remembered like, oh yeah, I'm working with people, right? There are people out there. They're, they're out there. Um, it was really helpful to come from more of a supporting role while still leading. And I'm like, yeah, it's totally doable. Um, but again, totally cultural. That's just, that's, that's what my Hawaiian family did. So Mm -hmm. we did it. (laughs) Right. Right. That's interesting. I'm I'm always fascinated by the different ways people are grow you know, grow up or are socialized and how that manifests itself in the world, you know? because I think there's more similarities than differences honestly oh yeah you know and oh, yeah. it's funny like the the little things that people use to divide themselves but uh, when you look at it close you know like I'm from the south man we do food all the time everything is food you know it's always food and it's always a gathering around some sort of event you know mm-hmm. and um you know maybe maybe it's different in terms of like warmth you know because you guys are so close I mean people here on the mainland are so much more spread out it's not mm-hmm. quite as I probably don't feel as much of an obligation as you would, but, um, yeah, it's there. It's definitely there. It's interesting. Very cool. So like when, when you go to somebody's house, you bring food with you? Yeah. Well, yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Or wine, something. Or wine. Yeah. Something. You don't show up empty handed. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if they tell you don't bring anything, it's like, Oh wait, what? No, I, I gotta bring something. (laughs) And they're like, no, you really don't. I'm like, no, I really do. Bring flowers, bring something. Right. Like something. I'm just like, ah, yeah. (laughs) My wife does a good job of keeping me in check on that. That's kind of her department. So we, we very seldom show up empty handed, you know, to something like that's, that. That's my husband's side. He's like, if they don't want food, there are other things that we can bring them. And I'm like, thank you. Yes, Thanks you're right. Thanks for the reminder. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So, so coming down this personal development path for you guys, like um, what were some of the biggest takeaways or maybe some of the biggest pedestals that you're standing on now to create your coaching career? Um. So the values that I, I have there, they are the foundation of my coaching, um, is personal development and, and some form of forward movement or training for each person. Again, it can look different. Um, it's not always the same for every single person. So I get that. Um, another one is fun. Uh, if, if it's not going to be fun for me or for my client, I don't want them to do it. I'm like, there's no, there's no reason to do that. Uh, I feel like it just, it just, it sucks for them, you know, and it just, it's not, it's just, yeah, let's not do that. Are you, um, are you, on that particular one, are you referring to like picking uh, a target or a goal or are you referring to like so, the dailies? Cause the dailies, you know, are going to require a lot of yeah, unfun so, stuff. So, both. Right? so like, it has to be a goal that they're, it's really juicy for them. And even if it's scary, they can see that along the way, it could be fun getting it. And then when it comes to the dailies, like for myself, I ask every morning, how am I going to play with magic today? And that word play um, allows the fun to come in because I can totally get knee deep in details and 
like, oh, I have to do this kind of mentality. But I'm like, well, what, what could just that one thing? And it doesn't have to be a whole day of fun, but what's that one thing that you can take time away and do and like bring the fun back in? It could be walking around the park, playing with your dog. Like it doesn't have to be this like jumping out of an airplane thing, right? Just this small thing where you're like, oh, I had fun today. Like that was fun for me. Um, and then intertwining that with the mechanism that they utilize to get their goal, right? Like if they give me five different mechanisms, like which one sounds the most fun to you? Like, which is the one that you're like, oh, I can't wait to do it. And they'll tell me and I'm like, yeah, there you go. Go do that one, right? If it doesn't work, we can change it. Like just keep going, like do something. Um, and I'm finding that that works really, really well with them. Um, another one for me is teaching. I, my mom was a teacher and I always thought like, I, I didn't want to become a teacher in front of like a classroom, but I realized I'm really good at teaching and breaking really complex things down into a simple, understandable way. But I also want to teach my clients to not need me anymore so that anything that I coach them and I do with them, they can do for themselves. And that way, like they can just keep utilizing these tools moving forward. And I'm like, man, if somebody is coaching with me for over a year, I feel like, oh, I haven't been that great of a coach. Because I'm like, I don't want you to be dependent on me. I want you to like go out and get her done without me because that's like the real juice in the world. And then um, relationships. And not necessarily just like a husband-wife relationship, but like looking at the relationships that you have with everyone um, from your parents to your kids to other people's kids. Because I'm like, I see us as a world like separating so much and I'm like, yeah, but if we really sat down and talked to each other, we have a lot more in common, just like you were saying, than we have that's different. And I think they did a study on like the difference between Republicans and Democrats. And it was like, they, they were like 90% the same and only 10% different. And it's the 10% that the media is blowing out of proportion. And I'm like, no, but that's, no, but you're more alike. Like, what's happening? So relationships and bringing people back together and like closer and making those connections is really important for me too. Yeah, it's funny. When you lay out the issues for the political types, <clears throat> they tend to agree more than they disagree. But then when you put a label on it, it's like, oh, I hate that. Right. There's a label on it. <laughs> yeah, I hate that and I hate them. And I'm like, no, you really don't though. You just like, said you liked it, yeah. Yeah, you just, you just said. It's amazing. So, Absolutely yeah. amazing. So did um, so the seminar work you guys did is size seminars yeah so um, how far did you guys go through the programs? Uh, so the one that my husband and I did together was a different uh, seminar system. I went through Sci um, on my own in 2017 and okay. 2018. Um, but so in the other arena, I had done all of it and even came back to coach uh, one of their goal achieving classes, and my husband had uh, taken three of their classes. In Psy, he hasn't done any, but I've done all of it. So, um, what yeah. Did, what was the other one you guys uh, were associated uh, It was called Clemmer and Associates. Okay. So Brian Clemmer uh, actually was a facilitator for Psy Seminars oh, and he? facilitated a bunch of the current facilitators. Really? Um, and then he broke off and uh, created his own company. Um, I want to I say it was for uh, religious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um and to like kind of make it his own. So that's the one that I was introduced to first back in Hawaii. Interesting. Then yeah. to find out Sai was in Hawaii, I was like, what? Yeah, I know, right? Like there was such an interesting sort of, there, there's like five or six different hotspots, right? And Hawaii right. is one of them. Right. And it's like, how did that happen? 
Well, yeah. and then on top of that, like I moved to the mainland to find out it was happening in Hawaii. I'm like, what? Yeah, you didn't know when you were there. Right? <laughs> not at all. Not yeah. a clue. Not a clue. Exactly. We need to talk to the marketing department over there. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Or get into those circles, right? Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> in the sci world, you've got you know the three primary classes. When I went through, it was the basic. It was seven, and then MLS or WLS. Mm -hmm. What were your biggest takeaways from those classes? Okay, so because I had already done a whole other arena, I walked into the basic like, I've done this already. I've already done this. I'm not going to learn anything new. Totally like not beginner's mindset. And I knew it. And I, I knew it. And I was like, okay, I either have the choice where I sit here all pissed off and peeved because I'm wasting an entire weekend or I shift this. And I decided to come from beginner's mindset. Um, and then I realized like Sai does four extra exercises that Clemmer doesn't do. So I was like, oh my gosh, this was new. This was amazing. This was fascinating. And um, the workshop was life altering for me. And I was like, okay, if I can just learn how to do that every day, I am set. Like I am set. And so um, my friend who got me into Sai, um, she and I had a lunch shortly after my basic. I think it was a couple days after basic. And she told me to jump into PLD, um, which is another another group. And here in here in Colorado, you can do PLD right after the basic. Yeah. But I insisted I'm not going to do the other ones. I don't need to. I've already done it. Right. I'm like, I don't have to. So what yeah. you're saying is you didn't learn from your first experience. Uh, no, no. I decided to drag this lesson on. Drag it. Like I, I, I really, I really did. However, uh, last year I did seven. And it was such a different experience from the advanced courses that I had taken in the other arena that I was like, whoa, like th it, that was more like from seven, it was more of a heart place that I was in instead of a head place that things were affecting me um, a lot more than I thought that they would. And I think I was allowing it to. And that was a huge, huge wake up for me where I was like, oh, I gotta allow things, right? Like I gotta, I gotta be okay when things happen up to and including asking for support. Cause prior to that, I was like, I'm not doing it. Um, I had trust issues and all of that. And so to break down all of those barriers was fantastic. And then WLS, um, I got incredibly clear on my vision and my purpose, um, which I had done a purpose exercise prior and it was sort of right on the, that realm, but this took it deeper. Like this, th that class took it deeper and I got such clarity from it. Plus, I got 80 other sisters that will support me at the drop of a hat. All I got to do is ask. That's pretty fantastic. Totally. And um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'm like, no, you can't have that back. From the one that was like, nah, I don't need it. So I'm like, no, you don't get that back. Um, <laughs> kind of a 180 there. Yeah. So you finally came around. I came around. Yeah, it, it took a little bit. <laughs> That's good. It's yeah. it's it's cool that you're willing to admit that. You know, like uh, I think it's it's um it's beautiful to find people in the world who'll share with you where they fucked up. You know, it's like, hey, this is what I brought to this, and this is what it created for me. And um, you know, in that place, there's no learning, right? Yeah. But when you come and you're you're honest and like you said earlier, and you you shine light on that thing. Mm -hmm. then that's the place you have power and you can actually make some positive change and move in a new direction. Yeah. It's beautiful that you're yeah. able to, to go there. Well, it's great because there are a lot of clever people that are coming to Psy and I'm like, here, let me share my experience with you. Like, don't be a dick about it. <laughs> like, 
come in with beginner's mindset. Otherwise, you're going to get yourself locked plus. They do extra exercises. And and because of that, they're they're able to then share that with their people. They're like, well, there's extra exercises. And, and I'm like watching this ripple effect. And I'm like, yeah, because I had to go through it and bust through that for me. Cause I'm like, that's all, that's what I get all the time. Like when, when I talk to my clemmer people, they're like, well, I've already done that. And I'm like, I know that I know that one. Well, so here's what we're going to say. I'm like, yeah, bring it. <laughs> yeah. The already done that is, is just an admission that you got more to do. Like yeah. at the end of the day, there's, there's no, I've already done that. It's you're either doing it actively daily or you haven't learned the lesson. Or you're not. Yeah. When, and the, I knows. Simple. Yeah. The I knows are also, I'm like, Oh no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Th- those ones are, those ones can be tough. Yeah. When I, when I catch myself saying that, I'm like, damn it. There's th- I know I'm like, there's work to do. Right. I was like, do I really though? And <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's great though that, um, you know, I think, I don't know if, I don't know if Sai is actually the oldest, they claim to be the oldest <clears throat> like personal development company, but I don't think that they are actually the oldest. I think that, uh, and, and, and to your point about Klimmer, like, you know, Will Height talks about in his book how he broke away from his teacher to create the class. So I think that's just naturally par for the course. People continue to break away and improve, and, and that's beautiful. Yeah. It'd be, um, and, and, and the reality of it is there's never going to not be a need for it because mm-hmm. no matter which pathway you've gone in development world, whether it's books or seminars or whatever, there's always a different perspective that you could pick up that can shape the way that you're thinking today. And if, you know, if you're a wise individual, you're going to consider that you know, and bring that to life if it, if it's meaningful for you or if you can provide meaning around it. So very cool on, on the, uh, the, the, I already knows. Uh I don't even like saying it out loud. I Uh already know. No, you don't. I've already done this. I've already done that. No, you haven't. Uh, My friend that got me into it, she she was like three. It took you three classes to stop saying that. (laughs) And I was like, Hey, at least I got to that point. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, let's talk about the workshop for a minute. You mentioned that, um, you know, for the folks following along at home, what is a workshop and how is it beneficial? It's a, well, childlike figment of your imagination. However, it can be completely utilized in so many different ways. It's basically a way where your conscious mind can reach out to your unconscious mind and like have the two merge so in one of the exercises they have you create this space uh, in your mind that you can you can actively go to every day and they have you build different rooms or different you know like attachments to a room Um, and like one might be an office and in that office you have everything that you need to do whatever it is that you need to do so like mine has a computer it's a wall full of whiteboards and like the pens are everywhere and all like when I need an idea, I can go into this space and just ask a question. And I have these assistants that'll come to me and we kind of have like this mastermind of sorts. And we just start writing all over these boards. Well, that's a way for my conscious mind to access the information that's in my unconscious. And I can go, hey, that idea, that's a really good one that I want to execute on. Um, there's a, another room where you can like, well, so somebody built like an exercise room and insists that they go into that exercise room for 15 minutes and it'll do the same thing as going to the gym. I have not tested that one out. However, good on them. (laughs) But there are so many different ways that you can utilize this, including like a meditation, um, helping you to just like 
slow down and, and just breathe. There's also a room where you can get um, like a health checkup to make sure that everything's going fine for yourself. And like, you know, things are operating um, at, a, at, at the highest level because your unconscious mind actually in your, in has the map of what a hundred percent health looks like for you. And so when you go into your workshop, you can actually look and see like, oh, that's a little bit off. That's a little, and get your assistance to support you in fixing it. So it's a really great way to like dive in and just utilize this support. It's really a support system. Yes, it's within yourself. Um, but what I've been playing around with is like connecting my workshop with like my friends workshops. And like we, one of my friends passes tea through this little door, like she makes the best tea ever. Right. And I'm like, I would like some, and then some comes in and I'm like, see, it makes me feel better. And like, I'm not alone. And like, what could this look like if we're all kind of to your point tied together on this energetic level, right. Kind of creating that, um, in this workshop. And so everybody's workshop looks a little bit different. Um, mine's this mansion overlooking Atlantis. Uh, one of my friends, he's a total rustic cabin in the woods kind of dude, like one room deal. I'm like, everybody's looks different, but it's exactly what they need to um, utilize and move forward with whatever question they may have. And like mastermind with really huge people. Like my assistants, um, one is Tony Robbins. And the other is a female coach named Melissa Farr and they change up, right? Like they don't, they don't always have to be them. Like it depends. Those are my business assistants. So um, they pop in. I'm like, what should I do this week here? And it gets laid out for me. So it's really cool and a lot of fun to kind of, Hey guys, how's it going? Here's what I, here's the issue I'm working on. What can I do about this? How can I move forward with this? And then here are all the answers to that. And all I got to do is pick one and move forward. Uh, in in my real world, so yeah, it's really uh, it's a really great way of of explaining it. It's beautiful because it takes a this big idea, right? Of this, of of you have everything, you have all your answers inside you, and you have the ability to heal yourself, and you have the ability to answer your own questions, and that you already know the answer, and it gives it a a picture, right? Mm -hmm. And you get to create whatever you want to get to create, and if you're having a, a health issue or you're having a problem you show up and you can make the tools that you need to fix the problem. Right? Yep. And, and I loved it. Um, one of the facilitators was like the more childlike, the better. Yeah. I was like, can you imagine fixing stuff with like a Barney bandaid? Like is Barney even still, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> or like bubble gum or something, right? Like the more childlike it is, the more permanent I find that it, it, be, it becomes mm -hmm. and like healing yourself, healing yourself, like what, but you can do it in your workshop. Yeah, it's, you can it's, do it. Period. Yeah, it's really cool, man. It's uh, it's such a great way of illustrating a very complex concept, and it gives you power over the imagery because you sit there and you make everything a reality in your mind, mm -hmm. right? And then your mind yep. makes it real. It's the idea. Yep, your mind makes it real. Yeah, like I don't know how many times I've changed the walls to my office. <laughs> I used to have like the the sliding whiteboards, but then I realized like at some point the boards get covered. So I'm like, what if I just make all of my walls whiteboard? And I did it, and I was like. So I have notes all over the place and I'll go back and I'm like, where was that note? And boom, there it is. And I can take it and, and execute it in the real world. And I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. Thanks guys. Thanks yeah. for keeping track for me. Yeah. It's a real, it's such a cool little thing. Like the whiteboard thing, you can have infinite whiteboards, right? You can archive right? them any way you want. And, uh, you know, with a little practice, you can recall them. Right. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's really such a beautiful thing to do. That's one of those tools that I feel like, um, 
can really make the meditation piece easier for people because a lot of people yeah. think it's kind of woo-woo and out there and you know they don't really want to do it or take the time to do it because they feel like well I'm just sitting here doing nothing well not really you can put your mind to work right the whole point is to get in touch with yourself really right mm -hmm. slow the world down and get in touch with yourself and then you know watch how you feel about certain things watch what you need to solve watch what you need to bring into bring to life or to create mm -hmm. and let yeah. your mind help you do that right Yep. When it's so cool, because like today I lost something and I was like, all right, assistance, tell me where it is. Because I, for the life of me, cannot find it. And then, you know, I went in. I was like, guys, I've lost this. I told them what it was, what it looked like. I was like, I need you to find it for me. And then I left my workshop. And like 10 minutes later, there was like a flash that I saw. And I'm like, oh, I know where that is. I went, boom, there it was. And I was like, Thank you, because they remembered I had forgotten. And I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's so funny. They remembered, but they're part of my mind. So right? I guess I remembered, but they remembered. Yeah, yeah, but they remembered. But yeah, thanks, guys. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. So funny. So tell me some of the things that um, you're dealing with with your clients and, and the people that you're working with. What are some of the things that really light you up as an individual? What are some mm, of the things that like really that. get you excited, get you going and make you want to keep working totally. with people? totally just um just much much like what i did right where we went back and we figured out what one of my stories was and changed it i love doing that with people and there's like a there's like this almost disbelief uh in them that they're like that's it that's the thing i'm like yep that was it and when we change it and we shift it and then they can feel it in their body like they sit different they breathe different they talk different like that just lights me up and finding that bullshit story and helping them clear that Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, woohoo. That's my, that's my mojo right there. Um, I also love supporting them in getting their vision. So I love working with people that are passionate uh, about something, except that they also feel stuck at the same time. And a lot of times people are like, well, if I'm passionate, then I shouldn't be stuck. Right? Like, no, that's a judgment. And God, I hope you feel stuck because that means you're onto something really big and something you haven't done before. So this is where you, you know, grab someone's hand to walk you through what's going on. Um, but then also a part of that is I've learned along the way that some people think that their vision should look a certain way, but it's not the thing that they really want. Um, and, and so I'm like, okay, if we clear out all of the bullshit stories you're telling first, then we figure out what your vision and your purpose is, then you can take action on that that's more powerful than just taking action on something you think might be right. That's a, that's a big one. Do you, by any chance, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but do you haven't by any chance have a, an example that you could use for that one? Yeah, totally. It's uh, one of the reasons why I created one of the coaching programs that I have. Uh, one of my friends uh, thought that the goal that he was supposed to have was to run his own business. So he went through many different iterations of what business he was going to run. Um, most of it revolved around like the construction field. So, you know, like framing, uh, tile, uh, um, drywall, whatever, like he was kind of playing around with which one. So he decided, okay, I'm going to do this one and, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to create a drywall business. This is the thing that I'm going to do. And then he did it. And I watched him and I was like, he's not moving on any of it. Like all of the action steps, None of them are being done, like not even creating the LLC online or getting the EIN, which is really easy to do. None of it. Like what's going on? Well, when it got down to it, he had zero interest in opening a drywall company. 
what he really wanted, that thing that really lit him up was a cabin in the woods. That was what he really wanted. But he was utilizing the drywall company to get that. I'm like, but th that's the wrong thing. Cause it doesn't like, again, that mechanism doesn't matter. You have to be clear about what your intention is. And he was making the mechanism his intention. And I was like, no, but I see that happening so often. And I was like, okay, let's clear out all the junk that's in the way first and clear the mindset. Then we focus on that vision and that passion that's really yours. Then you take action on that. It was so easy for him. Like all he had to do was find a piece of land. He's, he's building his cabin. He's having so much fun doing it. Like it didn't matter the how he's like, that's the thing he wants, but he's actually, he's taking the action. And I was like, well, that makes sense because you weren't interested at all in having a drywall company. So why would you take action on anything? That's like your, your whole body and being was like, nope, we don't want to do it. But then here's this thing that you really want that really excites you, that really brings a smile to your face. And you look like a kid when you talk about it. Take action on that so much easier. So much easier. Yeah, oh, that's such, a, like, such that's a brilliant distinction. Yeah. I like, that's it. what I'm doing. I'm like, duh, there you go. Yeah, that's interesting. He's making the, making the mechanism the intention. I like the way that you worded that. That's powerful. And I see that happening pretty often because a lot of times it could look like an intention, right? Like, this is what I want. But then when you're like, well, why do you want that? Right. And like, what's behind that? And that you, you find out like, that's not what they really want at all. They just didn't know how to get what they really wanted. Mm -hmm. And so that was what they thought was right. Mm -hmm. Quote unquote, thought was correct. And I'm like, stop it. So that's what I like. As soon as that happened to him, I'm like, you know, you're probably not the only one. Let's, let's look at this and boom, coaching program. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Very cool stuff. So tell me at this point in your career, what does success look like for you? Oh, great question. Success. Success looks like me having fun with what I'm doing. Mm. And like, I think that's, that's important. I think it also, um, like the big out there dream that I have that I keep seeing flashes of over and over again is that my husband and I are traveling around speaking. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily his thing. However, I always see him there with me. Um, and so travel for us has been really big as well um, to do that. And so I think like a part of me, like the success for me means that I can travel where I want, when I want um, and, and have fun doing that. So, and, and coach at the same time, cause now, I mean, like with all of these different technologies, you can do that. So sure. make it easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, before I ask my last question, tell these folks where they can find you online. Ah, yes. So um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all under Your Magical Destiny. Um, I also have my domain pointing to yourmagicaldestiny.com. So, yeah. Beautiful. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. Keep it simple. Awesome. <laughs> so last question is always the same. Can you tell me what wellness means to you? Ooh, wellness is an equilibrium with your body, your mind, and spirit. Mm. When all three are aligned, that's wellness. I couldn't agree more, man. Thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate you Thank taking you time for out. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do it again. So guys, 
Be sure and check out Destiny DeHaven online. Check out her material. Check out her coaching programs. Connect with her. And if you guys are looking for some coaching, hey, hit her up. She's right there for you. Until then, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a great one. That's going to do it for this episode of Hardwater Radio, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. And if you're vibing on this content, be sure and help us grow the tribe by liking, sharing, subscribing. And by all means, leave us a comment on your favorite podcatcher. Let us know what you like, what you dislike. And if you are someone out there who would like to tell your story, we are a collector of stories here. Shoot me a message, jason at hardwater.com or pick me up on social media. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever works for you. And I'd love to have that conversation with you guys. Until then, this is Jason Archer signing off, reminding you to remember your future.